As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hello and welcome back to the Last Jedi on the Left podcast um, and this is our Christmas special for the year. So if I'm going to have a Christmas special, I'll be honest, I couldn't think of anyone better to have on than Sam Jones. Oh, you're very kind. You're very kind. Very pleased to be here. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was one of those, you know, uh, obviously anybody who's listened to like the, the records and band stuff in particular knows you're, you're obviously a massive Christmas fan and... Yeah, that's Christmas, right. Yeah, Christmas films themselves are always a great sort of uh, great great thing that you know people enjoy. You rewatch it every year, so uh, perfect sort of moment for us to join there. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little uh, um, Venn diagram, I Definitely. suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and like uh, a lot, a lot of Christmas films. I'm going to try and get your opinion on this. I uh, I wonder, sort of like, I think there's some really really great Christmas songs that are good enough to be like year-round songs. And we might discuss some films that are good enough or to be, you know, not just pigeonholed for that month of the of the year. It's a good point. I mean, often there is a feeling a little bit with Christmas songs, and I guess to the films a little bit to a lesser degree, but you do get that, okay, well, I'm going to hear it solidly for like a month, month and a half. Do I necessarily need to be listening to it for the rest of the year? But Very true. Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be come to the fore a little bit more later on because for the film that we're actually covering is is like definitely a, a very strong Christmas film, um, yeah. which is Home Alone. Great film, proper good film. I think it was quite a when we discussed this. I think we we came to it quite quickly, didn't we? I think it was. It's just it's just a top top film, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's not. I I I like a number of Christmas films. Um, I, um, generally quite like film, you know. But um, Christmas films, there are some that, you know, like that are like fully fully Christmas films, like like your Santa Claus films, if you will. So like you've got Tim Allen ones, which are brilliant, brilliant films on Disney, um, and like Polar Express and stuff like that, which I love. Love to sit down and watch those. With the kids, but I'm probably not gonna rush to them if they're not around. But Home Alone, I'd, I'd happily sit there and watch on my own, and I did today in prep. So yeah, it's it's an absolute classic, isn't it? And I'm sure as we'll discuss, it's a it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, I guess we'll kind of we'll take you back in time to 16th November 1990 is when it came out. I always think it's older than that. Yeah, I guess it has got that kind of... It's the the John Hughesy nature to it, I guess. Kind of makes yeah. you think of the 80s particularly. Um, the, the number one in the US at the time was uh, Love Takes Time by Mariah Carey. Wow. It's not one I know, I don't think. But also, bizarrely, it's the second podcast in a row that I've done <laughs> where Mariah Carey has been the US number one. And they're like a long time apart as well, like nearly 30 years or something. So Yeah, that's pretty, pretty random. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the number one in the UK was Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Ooh. So one that I'm a bit more familiar with. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Not, not um, the Gareth Gates version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, uh, what were the two guys? Robson and Jerome. Robson and Jerome, yes. Close, yeah. Um, and then the top of the US box office the week before it came out, because obviously Home Alone went straight to number one, uh, was Child's Play 2. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, bit of an odd one, I suppose. Maybe it's a little bit quiet in the build-up. This was kind of mm. like, like, I think this and like one of the Rocky films and like a couple of other films all came out that same weekend, so it was obviously a big... And I suppose Child's Play 2 week before Halloween, I suppose. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Just I don't know the how much that. of a impact that has. I don't know. Yeah, the, the films. Does Halloween have the same impact on films as Christmas does on music? I don't know. I think I think it probably does. You do tend to get the more horror films come out, and obviously then people are going to go and see it that weekend, so mm. maybe it's just nothing else really comes out the weekend after. You get a little bit of a hangover from it still. It would make sense, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that, that was kind of where we're at in time. Uh, what's your sort of... What are your memories of seeing it, I guess? So... I don't really remember watching it that much until um, I met my wife, to be honest. Um, obviously aware of it, um, but she loves it. To be honest, Catherine is the real... You've got the wrong art now. She's the real Christmas film fan. She's the one who sort of got me more into it. So, like, she loves, like, White Christmas is one of her favourite films. Um, so that's something we always, always watch together. Uh, yeah, and then like we just religiously started watching Home Alone. So probably you know didn't come to it properly until sort of like you know the last ten, twelve years or so. Um, and I do wonder sometimes if it's the, the right film we're discussing. Should we be doing Lost in New York? I don't know. Um, I feel that I saw almost feel like I saw more of Home Alone two than than the original. I don't know why. Just wonder if it's something that I've caught more of. Um, but it's just like what I've put down on my notes here, and people who have heard me on podcasts before might be surprised I have notes. Um, I just think it's a proper, proper good film. Like, not even like a good for a Christmas film film. It's like it's a it's a proper film, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I uh I definitely agree. Like you say, it's um it is almost, I mean, it's very indebted to the Christmas, you know, the, the Christmas songs and the whole yeah. reason why they're going away and everything. So it's very like in that moment, but still almost feels like something you could throw it on in like October, you know, or yeah. you know, even or like anything even earlier than that, I guess. And it's still, you still really enjoy it. It's it's funny as well that we, you mentioned um, Two Austin, New York, mm. and like when you mentioned about your wife as well, particular because often a point of debate in my house. My wife actually prefers the second one, and I always think she's wrong. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> um, I, I made it. I, I wrote this down earlier that I, I I'm not sure. Um, I part of my love for the second one is the um, is the Darling Love track on it with the East Street Band, the All Alone at Christmas. Right, love yeah. that. That's like that's possibly my favorite christmas song and it's kind of like worlds collide because i love springsteen and 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 that kind of thing and i love darling love and it's just kind of like ah oh, here's two of your favorite things on another one of your favorite things it's like oh, okay um but i would say yeah i think 
the first one probably is better, but I think that's testament to how good it is because Home Alone 2 is a great film. And, you know, if you've, it's almost like, you know, Terminator is a great film, even if Terminator 2 is... Do you know what I mean? There's that yes. kind of... Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I'm with you. It's testament to how good a fit, how good they both are that you sort of have that discussion. And this feels really odd because I've, I've have listened to um, some of your previous episodes and, you know, you, you guys talk about like proper films, you know, like real, real films. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Kind of. But I think this, I think this counts. I know it's silly and it's slapstick, but, you know, there's... There's definitely a place for these sorts of films, and wherever they are, oh. you know, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's a novelty though with this one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like you say, there are, I mean, there's definitely some Christmas films in there, even ones that I quite like a little bit. That, you know, they're, they're not great films. The example coming to mind, I guess, would be like Jingle All the Way. Yes, with, yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger, like that's not a great film, like really by any stretch. But mm. I still quite like it, and I still also laugh at like Sinbad in it and stuff. So yes, yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. kind of works still. But this actually, I do agree. This is like a quote unquote proper film. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. So one of my questions I had for you about it, I don't know. I'm just just kind of gonna, I don't know, sort of meander from one point to the next. Here, so. Do forgive me. Um, obviously, Joe Pesci's in this film. Yeah. And I know you're a big Scorsese fan, and they kind of go hand in hand a little. Um, whereabouts in like Pesci's career does does this film come? I mean, it's it's two, mo- two months, one day short of two months after Goodfellas comes out. Right. So I've I've often wondered this without digging into it. Like, is this almost and I'm I'm scrambling for an example here, but like almost like De Niro and Meet the Parents, if you know what I mean, where it's almost like uh Did you see like but like that's like Goodfellas is kind of in a way. I mean So funnily enough, in like the research for this, I think De Niro was originally approached for the Oh okay for the role, but turned it down. Imagine um, if it had been Pesci and De Niro as the as the robbers. Now that that would have been something. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny because, like, as far as I'm aware, and I'm sure people who know more on this will probably correct me and stuff. But like, Pesci kind of has his moment with um, with Scorsese in, in Raging Bull, like mm. in eighty. Yeah, and then. There's like Goodfellas. He, he, he has a, a decent decade or so, and then Goodfellas comes back in. And is then Casino that, between those two? No, because Casino's ninety five. Oh right, okay. so that's later still. And I think my cousin Vinny's in there as well. Yeah, in sort of the mid early eight nineties and stuff. So like he kind of goes on a run then with like Home Alone, Home Alone Two, mm. like my cousin Vinny and, and Casino and everything, and he gets that momentum up a little bit, but it's. Obviously, like those were all he's, he's generally playing around the same kind of role a little bit, but it is yeah playing against the type a little bit with this one. Um, so yeah, it's it's not like because for me a little bit the whole De Niro in in Meet the Parents was like a little bit of a change for him. Like he does mm. do a lot more kind of family roles after that after being you know very mm. much a gangstery film or that yeah, kind yeah. Of film guy for a long time. Um, and I don't think it was ever really that with Pesci to quite the same degree. Anyway. Right, yeah. At least 
again, that's my understanding. Yeah. What I find interesting then is um, I thought they were the other way around. I thought I thought Casino was earlier, but that's just my yeah my shoddy knowledge. But like the way you know when he he's trying to get up the stairs near the end of the film in in Home Alone, and he's slipping on the ice, and he's he's doing that muttering under his breath, and that like you bad man, you know. To me, that's just like Pesci rambling where he's about to kill someone. If you know what I mean, you know, like the bit in Casino where he kills the guy with a pen. Yeah, and he's going like you motherfucking mutt and all that <laughs> sort of thing. And when he and um, the go get your shine box and all that. Yeah, like the way he is is like he's still Joe Pesci. He's like he's still acting the same. He's just cut the curse words out. Well. I get so again. Now this is one of the, the the sort of notes I'd picked. I've got I got a lot of notes about Pesci. Basically, that was what I picked up on. Um, but one of the things I picked up on was apparently him and like Daniel Stern. I guess to a, to a lesser extent, but particularly him. Like he really struggled with not swearing on set. Yeah, in front yeah. of in front of uh, Macaulay Culkin in particular. He was quite young <laughs> at the time, and it's just like he's just. Pesci, like the whole time, he's just mm. and, and that bit where he's like rassing, frassing, and doing all the, and apparently that was like him coping with just not being able to to, to launch into the yeah you know but the way I always looked at it was like oh he's he's done Casino he's done that scene in Casino he's toned it down but it's almost the other way <laughs> yeah like I think Marty was just like okay you can go again go, go be yeah. you <laughs> um, and it's it's interesting like because obviously he he's he's a heavyweight isn't he and it's quite I don't know if that does, to, to you does that sort of add a gravitas to the film, if you see what I mean, the one we're talking about is like a proper film. Um, I, I guess, yeah, in a way. Um, I mean, to be fair, there's there's some great like great actors throughout. I think mm. really, um, it's like Catherine O'Hara and John Hurd, both the the parents, obviously like great actors as well. Obviously, Paul yeah. Culkin goes on to become well, he he kind of is, I guess, a little bit by this point, but he then because of like Uncle Buck and stuff, yeah, he goes on to become Macaulay Culkin, which is incredible. And then even like um the the little brother in it, who is actual little brother, yes. has now been in succession for the last few years and is like one of the biggest stars because of that, even it, it's kind of you know, there's the, I, I I'd never really um hold the cast particularly against this because I do think it's a really, really good, mm. strong cast. And that's not mentioning kind of uh, cribbing on, I guess, a little bit of something that we're going to mention in a bit, but like my favourite actor in the whole thing is uh, John Candy. Oh, right. <laughs> See, I've, I've said before when we've, we've recorded stuff before, me and you get on so well because he almost steals the show, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he is in, like, the the... The bit of that film that makes me laugh every time is when they obviously meet each other in the airport, and that scene's brilliant. We can talk about more of that. But it's the bit where they're they're driving and they're playing the Christmas songs in the back of the van, and he offers the mum the oboe to play it, <laughs> and there's, he's like, "Yeah, go on." And there's just something about it. It's like his expressions, like you can almost see. Sorry, I, f- I forget the actress's name, but you can almost. Um, See her like trying to hold herself together, and like that bit kills me. Absolutely kills me every time. It's in there. It's that and the bit where he's uh, 
sitting there going, oh, you, you must have heard of us from like this this one polker or this one, you know, yeah. polka, 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 polka. It's just like, that's one of those quotes that I can just reel off all the time. And like yeah. 90% of people have got no idea what you're on about, but the 10% who do like have that glint. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And that, that whole scene in the airport where like you can sort of see him lurking in the background, can't you? And it's like, obviously, he's an amazing actor, but like the, the timing of it all is so good. And it's just like, he never really, he doesn't really make a joke at any point, but it's hilarious. It's, it's that, just, like, just pure John Candy being John Candy is yes. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that whole, that whole brain is like, you know, we sold, we sold a lot of records. We sold. Six to six hundred and forty-nine, something like that. Like he doesn't know what the exact figure yeah. is, if you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. It's like and as um, as a struggling, failed, failing, I don't know what you want to call it, musician myself, that idea of like it, it was a big it was a big one for us. That sort of like You're also big in Sheboygan, are you? <laughs> yes, that's it, yeah, yeah. Is it in Chicago? Oh no, 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 Sheboygan. We're big in Sheboygan. <laughs> it's great. It's really, really funny. Um and he's not really in it much, is he? But it's that it's just it's just enough. No, apparently they they shot all of his like he had like a hectic schedule or whatever at the time. And they shot all of his stuff in like one day, apparently, which is right. Kind of, yeah, but it it, it it does hint at that bit where you like you say she's kind of sitting there can barely hold this laughter, and he's like, "We've got to go with it because it's the one take we're going to get of this." <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that is a, and we may very well. This may not be the last time we mention him. Actually, okay. Um. I've, I've, I've building on that. You saying about the, you know, the, the poker, poker, poker bit. Like it's, it's a highly quotable film, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like I was, you're like this. I was stood in, I can't remember where it was, but like I was with my son, and he's he's seven. He loves it. It's, it's as soon as it vaguely starts, someone mentions Christmas. He's like, right, I'm gonna watch Home Alone, and we were just sat there, and I was just kind of. We were in a shop or something. He just turns to me and goes, does Santa Claus have to go through customs? <laughs> and I looked at him and it, it took me a minute. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he started laughing. Then it sort of the penny dropped. And I was like, yes, that's a, that you've done well there, kid. And yeah, I, I, it's that. And like the, hey, Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. It's great. It's like. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's so many, isn't there? It's like. Uh... I've never heard the name Kevin again without being able to do an impression of the mum when she realises and she's like, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just ruin that name forever. So <laughs> the the bit I particularly like, um, watching it back again, there's actually more to it than I thought. My one of my another one of my favourite lines is when um, they're in Paris and Buzz is saying like. He's not going to burn the house down, and I'll tell you why. And he does his list, and he goes, one, and the best is, I'm not that lucky, which is amazing. I use that all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but then he does. He goes, one, the one there goes, A, two, D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone over my head before now. Yeah, I can say it's not. It's not something you pick up on the first handful mm. of times of watching it, but because it is one of those that you rewatch it, I think one of the last few times I watched it, you go, "Oh, hang on, yeah, he's done the, he's flipped it." And then by the third one, you're like, "How are they gonna? What are they gonna do for the third one?" It's just so well written. <laughs> yeah, say, that whole moment. I I always love the uh, the as, as 
like Kevin's rifling through Buzz's stuff as well. He comes across the, the picture of his girlfriend. <laughs> yes. Buzz, your girlfriend. Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> of course, apparently as well, that, uh, when they were making the film, they got a picture of a boy and put a wig on her because he felt like if it was actually a picture of a girl, that'd be way too harsh. <laughs> <laughs> that that whole scene where he's he's climbing up, you can kind of see it coming, can't you? Yeah. He's going yeah. through his stuff and like, there's the Playboy in there. It's it's so good. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, and obviously there's the the you see the tarantula get out at that point, don't you? Yeah. The you know Chekhov's Chekhov's tarantula, I suppose, because you know it's got to come back that as in the later on in the film. Yeah. And apparently, when it they, they have it walk across his face, obviously it's Daniel Stern's face at that point. Uh, that was a real tarantula. Oh, that's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as some someone else I've I've written and it's about that you know that callback and stuff. Um, like I'm not, I'm I wouldn't call myself a film expert. I, I like film, um, but like on that like, it's it's a, I've written here it's it's quietly good like as in well written and I think I might be doing people a disservice here. But there's bits in there like you look at it on the surface and you think like well. How have they got as far as Paris without noticing? Like, why have they miscounted? You know, you don't should have got to miss, you know, and all this sort of stuff. But it's all in there, isn't it? Like the bit that I mean, like that that fifteen second scene where the the kid is annoying the taxi driver, so he gets counted as Kevin, and yeah. like that's how they miscount. And then you think, oh, well, just just ring him. But the phone lines are down because of the storm, and like. Just stuff like that. I think it's it just works because like people do always. It's one of those, isn't it? Like people love to like plot holes, quote yes, unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which are rarely plot holes, are they? Let's be honest. Um, just nitpicks, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it does seem to have like everything kind of quite well covered. I mean, I guess the one nowadays would be for like anybody. I mean, anybody who's been on a plane in the last twenty odd years knows that it's highly unlikely you're just going to be able to run through an airport like that. Yes, yeah. Obviously, this is all, like, pre-9-11. Everything's a bit different back then, so... Yeah, that's it. I'll buy it for the purposes of the film, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, But, yeah, I just just think it's... It's it's just... Sorry, I come back to it again, but there's stuff like that. You sort of... When you sit down and you think about it, it's like... it's, It's really good. It's not like a lot of Christmas films where you think, like... I mean, like, the ultimate plot hole in Christmas films is the parents don't believe in Father Christmas. But then they're not surprised when the presents are there. That sort of, Do you know what I mean? That's that sort of thing. And always in those worlds, he, he's actually real. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why would they um, make it up? Yes, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, just, just, just a top, top film. Um, I mean, I, I guess a lot of the... The writing thing has to come down to. I think it's probably down to like the John Hughes effect. He obviously wrote this and famous for writing uh, Breakfast Club and mm. Sixteen Candles, Plain Trains, Automobiles, all of those kind of things. So he's like, obviously this legendary writer anyway. Yeah. Films. So I, I, again, it's one of those. It's not really that much of a surprise that he's everything's well plotted, everything's well paced, mm. and obviously, like, I think the real. I guess the real gold mine is. Just how good Macaulay Culkin is, and he's he's so small in it, isn't he? He's so yes. little. Yeah, 
and and like how expressive he is and you know we've all now sang into a comb when we're uh, yeah shower <laughs> yeah we're doing yeah. that kind of thing we all want to emulate emulate that in a little way so yeah that's it yeah um and also you can it's potentially quite an early example of what is it like a film that for kids that adults enjoy. If you know, like all, all Pixar films now, isn't there? It's like yeah, a kids' yeah, film. Yeah. There's nothing there, you know. But like, you, you, when you watch it, you think like it's it's almost written as if a child's written it in the sense of like what they think they would do. Yeah. If if you know, it's not like there's no there's no like Pesci just brain in him if you know what i mean there's like there's no adultness in there is there like there's no, no like the adult logic kind of goes out of the window which makes it which is why it works isn't it you know um, 100 yeah and like but equally like it's quite grotesquely violent at times isn't it you know like he's smashing people's heads in with a with the paint tin and stuff it's, it's amazing like you laugh and laugh at it but you think oh god like it does get like so I know. Again, we say we watched it um, with my wife, and she's oh, the one that gets her is the the spike on the stairs. Yes, but realistically, I think because I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, oh, I could do like you know, which one do you think is the worst? But it's absolutely got to be a blowtorch to the head. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Or maybe the iron falling down the. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to kill you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know it's in the second one, but the um. Where he's just throwing bricks off the roof, like <laughs> it's just like you put a bit of blood in that. It's it's a it's a video nasty. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, um, but yeah, it it just it, but it's that kind of I suppose it's whimsical in a way that sort of childlike sort of oh this will work. You're like they'll definitely slip on. On the micro machines and stuff, and it's all played so well, and it's like he's already had to take his sock off because he got stuck on the tar. So when he jumps yeah, through yes. the window on all the ornaments, you know, yeah, okay, that's going to work. But like, I don't know, yeah, give me the ornaments over the the blowtorch. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely the paint cans through the yeah stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else did I have? The um, the the one character we haven't spoken about, and I've 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 used the phrase shit heel. Uh, apologies for my language, but like Uncle Frank, what a fucking piece of work, man! Especially like the uh, you know what's what is it he says to him? See see what you did, you little jerk, and it comes back in it in where he's doing the voiceover yeah. again later on, and you go, imagine ever talking to a child like that? Yeah, <laughs> like just... yeah, yeah, like. You've ruined my trip. It's like, yeah. You know, it's just like, and the way he's um, he's stealing from the plane, isn't it? You know, he takes the uh, is that a real crystal? Put him in your purse. Put him in your purse. He's um, always like, uh, oh no, my, my brother will pay for that or whatever it is. And, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and does, isn't it a bit where he's like, wow, yeah, we all forget stuff. I mean, I, I left my reading glasses. <laughs> like, he's sort of like That's... so, like, no empathy at all. He's just like, in he's any just way, an comparable, isn't yeah, he? yeah, like, Um, do you hold any water with the um, the Home Alone Mafia? 
theory. What do you think of that? Oh, is, th- is this uh, how uh, how Mister McAllister afforded his house? Is that the yeah? I mean, it does raise questions, right? How did he afford that huge house? Yeah, because she someone sent me a, a meme the other day, and they were like, "You think your life's going well, and then you realise." Um, I can't remember the name. The McAllisters yeah. are only thirty six, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's the same <laughs> age as me." Like, I've got a night. Nice, our home's lovely, and my kids are lovely, but like, we don't live in a fucking mansion. I'm not taking my whole family to Paris for Christmas, you know? Yeah, I I always assumed he was some kind of drug runner or something like that. To be honest, yeah, yeah, just adds a little bit to it, doesn't it? I'll be honest. Nowadays, you'd have to be a drug runner to afford that many pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone the trip to Paris or anything else. That's it, yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just fun, isn't it? Stuff like that. It's, I prefer, yeah. I prefer people putting, trying to put more context into a film like that, just to be silly, than I do the like constant nitpicking of storylines, which really. I used to be quite interested in that, but it really grinds my gears now, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like you have moments where you go, oh yeah, that that does, you know, this, that, and the other, and then eventually you're just like, oh, just. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Just you know, if especially when it's something like this, which like, it's a is rock, a good isn't film. It? It's a <laughs> yeah. good film. Like, yeah. You can't really. I'm sure there may be a couple of things that don't make sense or whatever. I mean, not that I found any in the God knows how many times I've seen it now. But but yeah, yeah. There, there probably are some things maybe. And it's but, not it's not Daenerys getting to Dragonstone in like 20 minutes, is it? No, exactly. So that that one does annoy me. To be fair, that's my whole issue with all of Game of Thrones. Right, pick you know, yeah, but that one bit killed it for me a little bit. Just, you remember in the in the last sort of couple of seasons when they just invented fast travel? Yeah, 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 but yeah. Um, Sorry, <laughs> no, that's fine. I I don't know. Have you got any other notes before we move on? So the only thing I would feel neglect that we may neglect if we don't mention it. Is like how good the score is and the soundtrack and like it's just so perfectly picked. Um, like the scene in the church when he meets the uh, the shovel killer, whatever his name is, I forget his name. <laughs> Film I watched today, I can't even remember. Yeah, the next door neighbor. To be fair, the next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like the the choir are singing like Oh Holy Night, and it's just like it's just perfect. Like it just works so well, and I know it's it's a very famous song, but like there's lots of versions of that song, and it's the right version for that moment. And it's just like even like you know like the um, have yourself a merry little Christmas at the end. Obviously, like that's one of my favorite songs, you know. And it just it just like just just works so well, and it's it's you know it's kind of what you expect, I guess, from when you see who's involved. But like it is. A bit, you know, it is amazing, isn't it? The the score and stuff, it's it just works so well, and it's like it's 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 pretty iconic, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I mean, it, it's got like it's great, like you say, it's got great sort of needle drop moments to go on, like what we were on about on on records of bands re- re- recently. Yeah, where you know the, the the version of White Christmas or whatever, where like you say, you're singing into the comb and stuff like that. You've got yes, yes, yeah, yeah, the Elvis version, isn't it? Yeah, but then you've also got. Like obviously this fantastic iconic John Williams score that goes along with it because yeah of course it's John Williams like that's all he does is iconic scores pretty much exactly um, yeah 
So yeah, yeah, you've got that. That's a very good point. It's it definitely adds to it, and it's even that little jingly type thing that's the, the music that you hear at yeah. the start of the film just immediately takes you right into the into the moment. I think so because because that was written, I believe, for it. If you know what I mean, like yes. there's a lot of the time you get composed. I suppose would be the the correct phrase to use for a, a man of John Williams is uh, standing. Um, but yeah, like. I was just going to quick look it up what it was called, but yeah, it is like you know, it's a lot of times stuff's just you just caught oh, let's just slow down. Merry Christmas, everyone, or something. If you know what I mean, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. It is especially with especially it seems like with Christmas films, you'll get sort of repurposed versions, or let's like, hmm. say slowed down, or they're done by a choir, or it's just songs that everybody knows. Yeah, it's quite bold to take a Christmas song and then effectively like put your music onto a, onto Christmas. Yeah. yeah. But again, if anyone was going to do it. I exactly. Guess be, I guess yeah. John Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all all really I've got on that film. I, I love it. It's it's really, really good. Um and yeah, for all those reasons really. It hold like I'm not saying I'm gonna watch it in June, but You could. I could. Yeah. Like it's good enough. If you know what I mean. Like it's yeah, it's proper good and like, like you said, Macaulay Culkin, we we barely touched him. But he is great in it. That's got to be one of the all-timers for a child performance, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. Like it's it's in that kind of role, I suppose. I'm sure there's some other very good ones where, like, it's perhaps a more serious role. I don't know, but like, you know, he's he's brilliant in it. He, it does sort of revolve around him. Yeah, uh, you don't often get it where, li- like, literally the whole film hinges on the child actor. Specifically, and this yeah, one that's... does, and it obviously he nails it. So yeah, yeah. okay. Um, I, I think we're we're both in agreement. We both really like this film, but I guess that's yeah. why we picked it in the first place. Well, yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that kind of moves us on, I guess, to our our top fives for this episode. So for this one, we kind of came up with a topic of sort of non Christmassy films that feel Christmassy, and I'm yeah. kind of realizing that my list are probably more like. Films that I think are fairly Christmassy, but you wouldn't necessarily... They're not top 10, 15 in that rotation yeah. you know, that you have every year. So I'm not quite sure how your list is going to go. Maybe it's going to be a little bit different. But um, uh, Yeah, this could be interesting, I think. Yeah, so I've got you... a mixture of films that I feel are Christmassy and films that make me feel Christmassy, if that makes sense. So okay. stuff I watch at Christmas, if that, you know, yeah. for want of a... And then some films that, yeah, I, I feel are Christmassy without being a Christmas film. Okay, cool. Uh, start us off with your number five then. Oh, right. Okay. My number five. So um, these aren't in any particular order, to That's be honest. Fine. Yeah, Is that yeah. all right? Um, so I will go with, and um, build on what we're saying about John Williams, and, and a nice little segue, to be honest. So I've got the first, the first Harry Potter film. I had a feeling so, this was going to come up because, like, I, I, me and my wife were talking about this, and I was like, she always says that's her favorite. You know, we're both, you know, I should know how old my wife is. She's thirty-two. Um, she she will be thirty-two. <laughs> Don't get it back. She's not going to listen. Um, <laughs> so she grew up like you know, she was ten when the first Harry Potter film. So she's almost grown, literally grown with it, and she always says that's her favorite because it's. It's the magicalness of it and the whimsicalness. And like we were watching them. So I didn't watch them until, you know, not at the time. Again, when we got together, 
She loved it. We watched it. Um, but like, then you look at it because it's Chris Columbus, isn't it? Yeah, yes. And it's it's um, same, John Williams, and it's, yeah. and it's all. I said to her, "It's like we're watching." I was like, "This film, you can tell it's the same director as Home Alone," and we probably watched it around Christmas. And I was like, and she was a bit like, "What? What are you want about?" And then I think it's perhaps more the scoring of it. Um, I'm right in thinking it is the same director, aren't I? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it just feels, and there's there's some lovely Christmassy stuff. You know, there's I think there's a Christmas scene in all of them, is there? All the Harry Potter well, films. I know there definitely is in the first one because yes, it's it's all, literally this, this is why I say I knew it was going to come up because it's always a point of thing in my house is like, Shell, my wife's always like, yeah, yeah, this is a Christmassy film, let's put it on. I'm like, there's like one scene at Christmas, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. it's magical. Put it on, yeah, I'm like, okay, so yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, so that was the first one on my list. Okay, cool. Um, so it's a little bit of a pivot, I guess. But my uh, the first one on my list on my number five is Batman Returns. Right. Yeah. So again, sort of in a similar sort of time frame. This one, and effectively, it's just it's it's, it's Michael Keaton's second outing of of Batman. It's Tim Burton returning to the director's chair, but it's set at Christmas, effectively, and it's. There's a lot of snow because it's the penguin and yeah. everything like that. So, kind of a like I say, an alternative Christmas. For, it is set at Christmas. That's always my, but it's not incredibly Christmassy. No, I I, I get that. Um, I because I, I haven't confess, I haven't actually seen that film to be honest. Um, cards on the table, and I was <laughs> going through the Now TV Christmas films. I was like, Why is Batman on it? And then I sort of had a little look into it. I was like, ah, right, okay, that, that makes sense. It has turned into one of the... And, like, a couple of these on my list are a little bit like this. And it's the... For years, everyone had that, oh, it's Die Hard a Christmas film. Yeah. Well, people kind of moved off that now and picked up the baton with like films like this. Yes. I feel like. So, yeah, that's where my that's where it's come from for my number five. I think yeah. it's uh, not as good as the original Batman. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. It's better than the next two. Yeah. Which is like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. So in terms of that, like it, it's still a pretty good and it's also got Michelle Pfeiffer in a cat suit. So Which can't be bad, can it? I mean <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um my next one then is um possibly the least Christmassy film, but it makes me feel Vaguely Christmassy, it's set at Christmas, it's a wintry film, and promise I'm not just saying this to be nice. But in Bruges. Okay. In, yeah. in Bruges is I would wouldn't call it a Christmas film, but it's a film that I would probably only watch in like November, maybe December. Because it, it's got that kind of it, it it's it is set at Christmas and um you know Bruges is a fucking fairy tale, as we well know. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and there's just bits of that that make me feel like, again, a bit of the score into it, and it's just got that sort of slightly mythical feel to it. I yeah. Know you know, I, I, again, it's not, it's not a Christmas film at all. I'm not, I'm not trying to... But yeah, it's it's the setting and the, the ending in the snow and that sort of I was going to say, thing. that's the thing as well, like, especially with the snow at the end mm. and everything like that. And, you know, it's I think it's got certain sort of Christmassy moments, I guess, to it without ever, like you say, it's not really a Christmas film, is it? It's no. Not. But again, 
I'm looking at the rest of my list and <laughs> I'm not judging you for that. So uh, there's so, yeah. potentially a bit of um, me and my wife went to Bruges and we went at Christmas. So there's potentially a little bit of that that in there as well. That will definitely help. Um, yeah. Everybody I know refuses to go to Bruges with me because I'll sit there quoting the, for the entire time we're there. Yeah, I got them all like quickly. Early. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I'm going to get two or three in and then I'll just sort of leave it. I'll start PA, best <laughs> Or else you just turn around and your wife's going home. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so my uh, my number four has that sort of similar vein of like say what I was saying with the last one. It's uh, Gremlins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Joe Dante, uh, which again is a Christmas film because that's where yeah. that's where Gizmo comes from. You know, he's, he's thought of that Christmas present. It's also like it's got this kind of weird tone of like it kind of is a kids' film. Felt, felt always felt to me like because it came out a few years before I was born. Mm. It kind of felt to me like it was always kind of presented as a kids' film, but then you watch it and it's really not. Yeah, you see, I my my boy found it. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And as I started watching, I was like, actually, I don't, don't actually remember if this <laughs> is that fine, really. I mean, if nothing else, it's got one of the most horrifying moments in a Christmas film. And that's where, uh, I can't remember her name, Phoebe Cates' character, like the, the little girl, or the girl, little girl, the girl character in it, is, and she's explaining about her dad and how he dressed up as Santa once and, and got to climb down the chimney, but yeah. got stuck and died. In the, and it's like, that is... Like, that's how she found out Santa wasn't real. And I was like, that yeah. is the worst thing I've ever heard. That's pretty grim, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen video nasties that are less mentally scarring than this. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. So, uh, but yeah, again, but it's, it's still quite fun. and Yeah. Gets most incredibly cute. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like think, 80s baby Yoda, isn't it? There's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> I think as well, like, one of the times... So it, the fun fact is, uh, one year before I had too much to do, I guess, in my evenings, but I, yeah. did, I did 24 Christmas films in the run-up to Christmas. Nice. Would not recommend. <laughs> you end up watching like five different versions of A Christmas Carol as well. Yes. <laughs> and they're not all good, are they? No. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, but this like, this was one of them. And I think, I, but I was working in a bank or building society at the time as well and obviously like the guy starts off where he's working at this bank or building yeah. society and it's kind of one of those just you immediately are in mm-hmm. and that yeah. memory kind of always sticks with me a little bit on this one so but yeah that's my that's my number four um just interject a second what would you say is the the best christmas carol film oh uh, oh it's, it's gotta be it's, it's gotta be muppets hasn't it it's gotta be isn't it yeah like, I, I'm always, I was always partial to the uh, is it Scrooge, the musical one that they did in the seventies? Yes, I was always partial to that because that was like the one. I got, it got played a lot in like when I was growing yeah. up and stuff. Um, but but the Muppets has got Muppets in it, so yeah, and it's got <laughs> beautiful songs in it. Yeah, um, I do like the um, it's in the Disney animated one with Jim Carrey. Yeah, I quite like that. That's quite good. See, that kind of. Comes in the same as the Polar Express for me. I'm, I'm a little bit weirded out with the animation on it. I was going to say it's like almost half real, half not, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like a bit too much Jim Carrey, maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, but yeah. Um, I've got a little, uh, and I am going to call it a trilogy because I'm not really asked about what comes afterwards. So, um, I've got the Indiana Jones films. Okay. 
Um, this, not... this one feels a little bit out on a limb, I'll be honest, but okay. Okay, and I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you for why. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just one of those classic, like, between Christmas and New Year films. I'm with you. That's that's where this one comes from. I've got a couple that are, my next two are going to be a bit more like that, where, like, you know, you sort of... I remember, especially when I was younger, when you didn't have quite so much choice. Yeah. Not that I'm, you know... And, like, it's not like now when my kids are in charge of the TV, you know? Dad you, likes Indiana no Jones. Choice, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Dad likes Indiana Jones, so we fucking watched Indiana Jones. And I love Indiana Jones as well. Um, and, yeah, those three, and they're normally on, like, you know, on, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon between Christmas and New Year, and I'm sort of, like, fat and <laughs> half drunk, half, you know, full and eating too much and, like, just like, oh, just put Indiana Jones on and sort of just sit there and sort of... Yes, just... that's fair. I was going to say, immediately when you mention it, I'm like, I've gone back to Raiders of the Lost Ark and I'm thinking, how is it like a fight in the <laughs> desert, particularly? Yes. But yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I has got that kind of, especially like, again, I don't want to like sound like two old men shouting at nothing, <laughs> but like back, back when you were a kid and you had like four or five channels to pick from or whatever. and yeah. And you know that was what was on, so it was that was what you watched, kind of thing. And, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there are others. I'm sure. I don't want to. I don't want to trample on possibly what you've got coming up, but um, but yeah, there are others as well that are a bit like this. So I'm, I'm gonna. Let's do our. Let's go through ours, and then I've got a couple I want to mention at the end. So we'll okay. we'll talk about those as well, shall we? So um, yeah, we'll do my number three, which is a film called Black Christmas. I don't know it. Gone Sorry. from the one... So there's like four or five different versions of it as well. And I've gone from the one from 1974. Uh, basically, it's like a slasher film, basically. Like a proto oh, right, slasher. Yeah. Uh, so like this house of like... I think it's like a... What do you call it? Um, sorority girls from like yeah. a college in America. They're all living together. And then it's like they're kind of getting terrorized by somebody at Christmas. And like there's all this kind of vaguely Christmas things going on. Um surrounded it but effectively you know it's just and like probably the most famous person in it is like margot kidder as well who right lois lane from the old superman films as yeah. well um but yeah one if you're like into horror definitely recommend it because it's like a, a really good horror film if you're not you're not gonna like it there's right. no two ways about it really but the interesting thing as well for me is that it was directed by bob clark bob clark's quite a sort of famous director from the time but the other one particularly pertinent to this conversation is that he also did a Christmas story. Right. I didn't know that. I am looking at the Wikipedia page. And yeah, that's really the porkies as well, I can see. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, he's got the kind of family entertainment, but then he also makes this kind of out and out yeah. slasher film, which is... Uh... There's two things that instantly draw my attention on this Wikipedia page is that it was originally to be titled... Silent Night, Evil Night, <laughs> which is fucking dreadful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you might know this. Um, do you know the tagline, apparently, for the, the original Canadian poster? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not going to so, lie. Why would you? Um, if, this doesn't, if this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, that's a hell of a line, that is. That is, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, would you watch that film at Christmas or Halloween? Kind of works for both. Like it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a. It's like so. My sister's big into the 
Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of her perfect like November film, whereas I'm like, yeah, stick Bob Clark's Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone clears out the room, and I'm like, yes. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I, there have been remakes of it as well more recently. They're okay, if mm. if even that good. But um, but yeah, I'd stick with the with the seventies version. Nice. Okay. Um, so I've got a few now um, that I've written down on my for a short list. Um, one I want to save for the end because I like cyclical stuff and it's brilliant. Very good. Um, but I'm going to go for um, a little bit in the similar vein to Indiana Jones, but Cool Runnings. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Cool Runnings always is always on at Christmas, and I'm starting to see a pattern of you know one particular brilliant actor who's also <laughs> yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I've started to think maybe John Candy's the answer to everyone's problems. You know, <laughs> but Cool Runnings is another one of those films that I remember seeing it for the first time at Christmas. I think. I think. Rich are uh, often mentioned. Never heard Middle Brother. Me, me and Rob had it on video one Christmas or something like that, and we watched it. And that's another like highly quotable film. Like even like you know, you're dead. No man, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah man, yeah, that's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, and like you know, I'll, I'll be like dicking around in the kitchen making tea, and I'll say, "Do you want, do you want to kiss my lucky egg?" <laughs> you know that sort of <laughs> shit. You know. Um, yeah, and that's again, that's another one of those like, just it's always on. That you know, that's like twenty eighth of December, four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, cool, Romans is on. Nice, I watched that for an hour. Yeah, definitely. It's it's it is one of those. And to be fair, a lot more snow in it than Indiana Jones had. Yes, so, yes, absolutely. Big coats and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you, you you're pretty bang on. Another sort of great one. Um, again, like you say, so quotable. It was funny. And again, I don't want to trample on what you're gonna maybe say, but it's funny because you mentioned obviously John Candy in the in the Home Alone chat. And you yeah. said he was gonna come up later. I was thinking, is it gonna be this, or is it gonna be Planes and Trains? I wasn't quite sure. Ooh. Which again, not technically a Christmas film because it's all about Thanksgiving. Yeah, but like we don't do Thanksgiving over here, so like somebody no. getting home to spend time with their family at a time of year, it's gonna be like that. That triggers Christmas memories. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure which way you were going to go with that one. Give me your next one, and then I'll figure (laughs) out your misery. Go for it. Okay, so I've got two now, and I feel like one's quite obvious, but it's still that one is my number one, so I'm going to stick with it. So my number two is Eyes Wide Shut. Right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Christmas film, but it's not one you're going to stick on with, like, Gran in the corner and like Ew. the kids there watching. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why, and if people haven't seen it, again, check it out. But I'll get one not when Nan's there and, and kids are in. Yeah, the... yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's got some adult themes, shall we say, to it. But again, it's set at Christmas and has that has that kind of cult of the alternative Christmas film. People moved off off Die Hard and they've moved on to this. Yeah, and. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's fantastic in a really weird way. I watched it, like I say, with Shell, and she was like, "This is not good." <laughs> so it's not for everyone. Um, but for me, it's like it's well, it's Stanley Kubrick's last film he ever made. Um, okay. He died like a week before it came out, or something like that. So I kind of think it's quite brilliant, but maybe not for everyone. 
like I say. Yeah, certainly an alternative pick for a Christmas podcast. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, that was that was kind of my absolute nailed on. It is yeah. Christmassy, but it's not really Christmassy. Type yeah, thing. yeah. So yeah, and uh, like Tom, Cru- I think this is like peak Tom Cruise as well. Like Tom Cruise got good at doing Tom Cruise things. So you look at mm. like Top Gun Maverick or the latest Mission Impossible films; they're all good. But this is like when Tom Cruise was a good actor. Yeah, and I think like I I have a bit of a gap with Tom Cruise, and I think it's possibly not seeing enough films like this and seeing the other stuff that he makes. Yeah, don't yeah, really like, like him to be honest. Um, you can watch a lot of like uh, Night and Day, was it, or like a lot of those sort yeah. of mediocre sort of action films. Like I think the Mission, Mission Impossible films are actually really good at what they do, mm. as they've got on anyway, at least. Yeah. But, um, but like you say, he did do a lot of missteps, I'll say. In yeah. The way. But I think that was kind of, this predates a lot of that. I think this, around this sort of late night is, because this is like 99. Not to, yeah. Not to tease what's coming forward for anybody listening. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this was kind of like a real peak moment for him. So, yeah. Um, do you want my honourable mentions before I sure. give you my last one? Yeah, okay. yeah, let's go with that. So, um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay, Narnia. Yeah, yeah, amazing film. Father Christmas is in it. It's but it's not really a Christmas. You know, it's not like about Christmas. Brilliant film. I think though, I don't know what they be early, early two thousands remakes. They, yeah. They- must be sort of early to mid, I reckon. Yeah, there, probably. Um, the sequels aren't quite so good, obviously. I don't but know if I ever saw any of the sequels, I think the second one's all right from what I remember, um, and then it does kind of die off a little bit. But because I think there's is there four of them, certainly yeah. three. Okay, I was going to say I think there's like four or five books, isn't there? Yes, yes. Or so whether they all yeah. got adapted, I'm not sure. Land the Witch of the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and then. Dawn Treader. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, 2005. Um I think they're really good. Um oh, I forget the guy who plays Mr. Tumnus. Is it Mr. Tumnus it is? Yeah, um oh, it's his name? James McAvoy, is James it? James McAvoy, yes, yeah. of course it is, yeah. Um and I know it's all God in disguise, I know it's the Bible <laughs> in disguise, really, but it's they're they're a lot of fun. Oh you know, I like those. They're and you know, they they kind of come up around Christmas. Um the other thing, so I got got two, and yep. I don't want to get into it. I don't <laughs> want to get into it. I put Die Hard on the list. I don't think Die Hard's really a Christmas film. Well, I tell you what, not to give away mine, but you yeah. can park that one. Right, we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So just just edit that out. So <laughs> the 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 other one that I put on my list, and this is just really for banter because it made me laugh when I. Uh, I saw a meme about it, and it was um, someone saying that trying to claim Lord of the Rings as a Christmas film, and I don't really think it is. I think it's like different, different discussion. It's obviously probably the greatest trilogy, but anyway, um, we can talk about that another time if you wish. Um, but someone was like, "How on earth is Lord of the Rings a Christmas film?" And they were like, "Well, it's about a man with some jewelry, right?" Okay. <laughs> It's got elves in it, right? Yeah, and then they describe Gandalf as a carb-free Santa Claus, <laughs> <laughs> um, which made me chuckle. Um, but yeah, again, 
Lord of the Rings is the sort of thing I would probably watch around Christmas when I've got the time, you know. I guess. I mean, I'm vaguely thinking now, like, I'm sure there is that bit in the first one where they're, like, walking around the mountain or whatever. And yeah, it's yeah. snowy, so it's got yeah. that kind of... It's not... I guess it's not Christmassy, but, like, snow does kind of lead into that. Yeah. And it has got that kind of gather everyone round. It's... Yes. It's the 28th of December. We're going to stick Fellowship of the Ring on or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll, fin- I'll finish now. Um, so you said, was it going to be Cool Run-Ins or Planes and Trains and Automobiles? It's Uncle Buck. Ah, okay. <laughs> now, Uncle Buck, again, not Christmassy, but it's John Candy, it's Macaulay Culkin, it's, I think it's Chris Columbus again, John Hughes, I believe. Yes, yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah. And it's just like the most ridiculous film, and it makes me laugh out loud. And again, it's one of those I just always remember seeing at Christmas. I don't, I, and if it's on, not at Christmas, I won't watch it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about it. But there's just some bits in that film where he's like, he goes to pick the daughter up and the, the boyfriend's trying to get hot and heavy. And he's like, I've got my hatchet. And it's just like, just good for like shaving bit. And it's just like, he's so funny in it. And the, um, where he's making the, is he making the French toast or something? And he goes, you guys should see the pancakes. And it's just brilliant. It's so funny. Um, and that's another one that we always watch at Christmas. I mean, my dad loves it, and it's just kind of like, you know, this cool run-ins. Um, what was the other one I said? Um, Indiana Joe. There's a few like that that are just kind of just remember what sitting around at home watching them when I was a kid, playing with my toys and them being on, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I love Uncle Buck. It's just just really, really funny, and it's really sweet. And like, there's that bit, isn't there, where it's like. You're married? No. You know, Macaulay Colgan and John Candy do that bit where it's like, question, one word answer. And it's just, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, and then next year you get Home Alone. So yeah. that's 89, I believe. And then 90 is Home Alone. I, when I realised that, I always thought, oh, how would have Home Alone looked if they got John Candy to play the dad or something? Do you know what I mean? If they had sort of given him a more central role. But he's so good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's one of them as well. I think the first time I ever saw it would have been, it's going to be like the the 22nd, 23rd December type job. You know, it's just on telly and you're like, well, okay, let's watch this. Years and years and years ago, like probably even when I was a kid type thing. So yeah, similar sort of thing. And it's got that great sort of childlike wonder to it, hasn't it? It Yeah, and it's it's just just fun film, isn't it? you know what's going to happen, you know, it's not, but it's not about that, is it? It's like, no, yeah. Um, and again, it's like, say down to those sort of performances, Macaulay Culkin's fantastic. John yeah. Kelly's fantastic. I don't know if people have picked up on that theme throughout this podcast, but uh, we've rounded out quite nicely there. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what I saved it. That's what I saved for last one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, your, not your first podcast, is it? This well, one, indeed. Mate? Indeed. <laughs> Um, so again, I, 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 mine's probably a little bit of an anticlimax at this point because I was always going to like number one for the Christmassy, but not really Christmas. But it's it's Die Hard for me. It's always going to be Die Hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've got a, a jumper that says "Now I have a machine gun." Ho 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 on it. Oh, nice. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
just uh, and it's kind of like you say, particularly over the last sort of five ten years, so it's become co-opted a little bit more. People kind of again, yes, I could have. Yeah. I guess I could have said Die Hard too, because it's well, also set at Christmas. Yeah, that would have been a bit edgy for yeah, yeah. For some I'm with you though. Well. And like Rob always says, well, if Die Hard's a Christmas film, then who's which one of the lethal weapons is it that's set at Christmas? I think it's the first one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't. Don't really know if Die Hard, I think Die Hard's a Christmas film, really. Yeah, I go the other way there. I'll watch Lethal Weapon at 24th of December, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. Why Mel, not? Fuck it. Oh, yeah. Mel and uh, Mel Gibson. Great film. Yeah. And like, I don't think what I would say about about Die Hard and the Christmas film debate is that like that's not really a debate, is it? But like, um it's such a good film that like, yeah, fuck it, why not put it on? Do you know what I mean? It's like if someone says, "Oh, it's we should put something Christmas." Like, oh, I don't know, not really. All right, what about Die Hard? Like, yeah, all right, because it's you know, definitely it's vaguely yeah. seasonal, isn't it? And you, like, you could put it on in, like we were mentioning with Home Alone, you could put it on in June. I guess, yes, yeah. But I wonder if part of it, and I've been trying to think about this with other films, it's like, is it all? It's almost like if you take Christmas out of the plot, does it still work as a film? I mean, but then again, to, you have to substitute bit... it, don't you? Because yes. that's the reason why he's gone out to Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the giant Christmas tree in the in the in the office party, and there's yeah. a Run DMC's Christmas song on the radio when when oh, show picks him up yeah, as well. Yeah. So you know, it's it's there's a lot of it's very Christmas in there. I mean, yeah. that's not to say you couldn't substitute it. But you could probably substitute the reason why Kevin McAllister's family are going away. True. Yes. You know, yeah. it, it kind of works yeah. different ways for the different different films. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it's kind of a it's a staple in my house as well now. I, I don't think, like, say, Shell uh, was all. She'd probably seen it before we were together. Mm. But like over the last few years, it's one we watch together like every year now. So. Yeah. It was on. I think it was one of those films that um, Catherine said I. You're not a real boy because, because I hadn't seen Die Hard. <laughs> right, okay. But there's a few films like that. She's when she's like, Are you even, but like, she sort of I hadn't, I hadn't seen Lethal Weapon until we were together. I hadn't seen Top Gun. Um, but then, like, she's never seen The Godfather. So, you know. Wow. <laughs> there we go, then. Um, yes, yeah. But uh, and and the other thing I was going to say, the last the last thing I'll say then on Die Hard is, so we kind of mention it a little bit with uh, with Home Alone in particular, where it's like, oh, you, you know it that well, and you can, mm. and I guess a lot of Christmas films in general, you can kind of say the lines before the the, the and very much like that with Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, um, and I even to the point where I enjoy the um, Brooklyn Nine Nine rehash of it. Christmas episode. Have you seen that one? No, see, Brooklyn Nine Nine's a gap for me. Ah, right, right, okay, yeah. Because, because like that. you know, when you're saying about you hadn't seen all those like the odd film and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I'm sitting there watching these films and I've never seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. I guess right, that's the, no, that's the no, trade off. Yeah. I feel like all got gaps. Yeah, don't watch exactly. Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's brilliant. I should do. I've seen odd clips. And I always yeah. quite enjoy them when I watch them. So, but yeah, nice. Right. Um, well, that's. But thank you for coming on. No problem at all. Um, I've had a lovely time. It's been good fun. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. I've I've really enjoyed it. Do you want to give your give your plugs? Yes, yeah. So, um, I'm out and about doing Christmas stuff. So I I do a Christmas single every year 
for the last five years. Um, and so, yeah, this year's single is, is out now. It's called Hey Santa, um, under the Samuel Jones Christmas Special moniker. And that's on Spotify, Apple Music, um, on, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and also find on Alvin and the Angry Barrels, my other band. And then the podcast and stuff is uh, Records and Bands, which you know, you're know you obviously a part of. Um, but yeah, the Christmas stuff is, is what I'm doing at the minute. It sort of kicks into action in October most years. And then, yeah, so go go give that a stream and get me on the socials on it. Yeah, um, I've, I mean... I, I always quite like listening to them. They're always. Oh, uh, I always. I mean, you're not quite up there with the uh, the Phil Spector record yet in terms of like what I'm putting oh. in the rotation first. Fair enough. But you know, you, you're pretty pretty high up there. I'll take that, mate. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Do um, I need to go out and shoot a prostitute? Is that, is that what I'm missing? <laughs> hey, who knows? You do you. <laughs> Uh, as per usual, you can find me on all the usual places. Uh, Twitter is Aaron Lewis thirty three, uh, Letterboxed and Instagram. I am Last Jedi on the left on those places. Um, well, thanks for thanks for coming on, Sam. Thank you for having me. And uh, for everyone else, until next time, goodbye. Cheers. <laughs>